I think art is a really great teacher. And if you're paying attention, you can really learn a lot about yourself and learn where those roadblocks and barriers might be and how to break through them in a, in a creative way, whether that's expressed publicly or not. Um, I've always felt like burlesque or erotic arts, sexy arts, it's kind of like a magnifying glass on your, your insecurities, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. I, oh, I have to deal with that. Um, and it really, truly has been my greatest life teacher. Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts Bronx bitch and mountain witch. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. As the CEO of Pussy Empowered, I hold space for women to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. As an erotic performer and choreographer, I surrender to new heights of embodied, expressed art and performance. On this podcast, I share about my approach to pussy power and interview fellow paradigm-shifting badasses about theirs. Today's guest is burlesque badass Michelle Lamour. Let's dive right in. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm really honored to get to have this conversation with you. I've been following your work for a long time, since probably since I saw Beethoven, and that video <laughs> went viral with you twerking to classical music. Um, and probably everyone who's joined in here has seen that because it was so epic and, and totally a thing at that moment. And so, Michelle, to introduce you, you are an erotic artist, an empowerment advocate, your work has been, uh, you've been on America's Got Talent. You've been in Sex Life, that show on Epics, which um, I really loved your segment in that. And I can't wait to talk some about some of the things that you shared in that. And uh, over quarantine, you had this epic quarantine cabaret series and Uncensored, which is super cool. I, I also can't wait to talk more about that. And um, you've been on the top 50 worldwide burlesque artists for years and years because you're just an amazing burlesque performer. And beyond that, you take your art into into teaching sphere as well, which I, I love and really relate to. So I'm, I'm happy we get to we get to talk about all this. Yeah, this is exciting. Let's do it. Yeah. So first, I want to share you're known as the most naked woman. So I would love to dive in and talk about what that means to you and like how that has shown up in your work. Um, let's start there because that's a really juicy title. I, I love that title. Yeah. Um, well, it, it kind of came about by accident just because mostly when I would go on stage, I would be the one who was wearing the smallest G-string or the smallest pasties. And I would always get comments about it backstage. Some of the other dancers wouldn't want to go on after me because they're like, oh no, you get too naked. I don't want to go out after them. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's cute and cheeky, the most naked woman. Um, but really when it hit me, I was like, oh, you know, nudity and nakedness, it's more about the vulnerability and the authenticity and the sincerity. And that's always been something that's been very important for me to bring to the stage because we have so much 
manufactured sexuality in our life on a daily basis, on a, a minute by minute basis, we can find something, you know, that's touched up or tweaked or, you know, just has this film of, um, like inauthentic, inauthenticness. Is that a word? I don't know, I but know. yeah. And it, it just, it, it's gross to me. And I, I didn't want to add to that conversation. I wanted to start a new conversation. Mm, I love that. So when you talk about vulnerability and honesty and yeah, and it's interesting too. Well, I want to talk about that. It's interesting too. It's like, can we ever really get beyond the layers of the, of the lens that's been placed on us? It's like, but I think, I don't think we can ever get to the bottom of it, but I think the journey is worth going on right and finding what's really true about our sexuality and our sexual expression to us yeah well that's the thing that keeps you coming back right or keeps me coming back is constantly asking that question you know what am i what am i bringing to this conversation is this truly something that i want to do or do i feel some sort of outward pressure to do this thing mm. and um you know balancing that that giving the people what they want versus really staying true to what it is that I want to present and what I want to do. Mm. And, you know, that's maybe not the golden rule of entertainment, right? It always, it always is given what they want, but I want to give them what I want. And, and so that's been my approach throughout the years. Mm. And people really resonate with that. They really do. I do. And so how does, how does vulnerability show up in your work I know uh, like as an artist it's kind of obvious to you and your internal process but I'd love if you could speak to that a little bit yeah well in a lot of my repertoire um I'm exploring different parts of myself so <clears throat> like you mentioned Beethoven and you know that's a silly comedic kind of thing but I'm exploring that side of myself I'm exploring the gaiety side of me where it's just like, this is silly and um, let's have a laugh, right? Mm -hmm. But as a performer, it's also that act in particular is, it's interesting to engage an audience while not looking at them for three minutes, <laughs> you know, because usually part of engaging and connecting is, you know, with your eyes and it's like, well, my butt's got to do all the work here. Um, <laughs> so I have to have a very expressive butt to make this happen. <laughs> um, but that, you know, that's a, that's a, a, one of my silly ones, but I also, you know, I like to explore, um, moving away from the wink and smile. Not that I have a problem with the wink and smile. I love it. It's good. But I was really wanting to explore like confrontational in your face sexuality, not in a, <clears throat> not in an angry way, not like I have a chip on my shoulder kind of way, but that like, you know, I'm sitting here with all these feathers behind me. Right. And feathers are wonderful and glorious and graceful. And I love working with them and you'll see that side of me as well, but you'll also see a sex panther, you know, you'll like, and there's some acts that um, some people haven't even seen yet that are, that go beyond. And I really like the idea of going beyond burlesque and pushing the boundaries there, like pushing the boundaries 
for myself, but also for the art form as well. Like, let's see what we can do with this. Mm, yeah, I love that. I remember you saying at some point, like, a lot of burlesque performance had this element or has this element of like, oops, how did my clothes come off? And you <laughs> were like, I am taking my clothes off intentionally. And that's part of your right. Yes, it, I did. I never wanted to be apologetic. I think um, an apologetic naked person is um, very awkward. Mm. And, and it's just uncomfortable. And I don't think uh, that we should be apologizing for our presence or for nudity. And w yes, maybe like when I go on stage, I want to invite, it's an invitation. It's a conversation. It is um, permission, you know, but I'm involved in it. Like I, people ask me object subject, right? And I, I consider myself a subject while also knowing I cannot control how other people see me. Mm. I can't, if you want to see me as an object, that is available. We are, we can't control that. We can just be walking down the street and be seen as an object, right? So it doesn't matter if I'm taking my clothes off or not, right? But I know what my t intentions are before I get on the stage and what I want to accomplish. Mm. Mm -hmm. That clarity is really important and the agency mm -hmm. too. Before we continue this conversation, I want to let you know about the offering I have upcoming. If you're in the Los Angeles area, the next round of Pussy Empowered Performance Series begins on September 8th. That's 2022. It's a 10-week class that culminates in a performance at the next Pussy Empowered Party on November 12th. Head to PussyEmpowered.com slash performance class to learn more and book a free call with me to discuss the details. This experience is so much fun and has been described as life-changing by the women who have joined in. Okay, let's get back into it. I love um, that you're going, the idea of going bur beyond burlesque, because what I saw in your quarantine cabaret and in your uncensored was something that really drew me to because, you know, I've done a lot of different performance styles, including stripping and, um, and samba and belly dance and getting into the world of burlesque. I love that there's so much freedom and variety, but there's still this idea of like, Oh yeah, but you still have to keep all your clothes on. <laughs> and I love boundary breaking. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, so see. Yeah. Yeah, in your uncensored series, I love seeing you push that envelope and having naked performances where it wasn't about necessarily keeping that one piece of clothes on or, you know, for the sake of it. It was just like, let's try something new. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't again like with the apology, I I feel like a lot of dancers would hide behind the pasties or the G-string. I, I don't think it's happening as much these days as it used to, but um, back when I started, I, I just picked up on this really apologetic vibe um, from the performers and who just weren't owning their sexuality on stage, who, yes, they would take their clothes off, but then immediately after they would run off the stage, like scamper off. Um, and they sort of, it was kind of like an armor, like these pasties and G-string were like an armor of protection. And I would always tell them, you need to dance past your pasties. You need to dance past that and go beyond that. And so that idea has always been with me. It's like, yes, my nipples are covered here, but that doesn't make me better than someone's whose nipples aren't covered. 
And I, you know, that's right. really important to me. Oh, so mm-hmm. important. It's so good to hear you say that. And um, it's so that's interesting how huh? we are, are there, you know, burlesque performers are already playing with sexuality, but they're still that force field of shame and even within that realm. Um, so I want to talk about how your journey of em- feeling empowered in your skin and your body has been interwoven with your exploration of performance and what that process has been like. Wow. Yeah. Such a big process. Um, very, very ongoing. And again, it keeps me coming back. I, I think one of the things as an artist, whatever your medium is, I think art is a really great teacher. And if you're paying attention, you can really learn a lot about yourself and learn where those roadblocks and barriers might be and how to break through them in a a creative way, whether that's expressed publicly or not. Um, I've always felt like burlesque or erotic arts, sexy arts, it's kind of like a magnifying glass on your, your insecurities, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. I, oh, I have to deal with that. Um, and it really, truly has been my greatest life teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think one of my greatest things was that I had to learn how to teach myself. I was a performer, I am a performer, um, and a teacher, and I believed all of these things for everybody else. I believed that they were strong and beautiful and sexy and all of that, but um, inside I was struggling. Mm -hmm. And even though I would convey this image, and it was an image that I believed in, I just believed in it more when I was on the stage versus when I wasn't on the stage. So the stage created this safety for me for exploration and expression, but I had to take the lessons that I learned on the stage off the stage. Mm -hmm. And that was a very, very, very big lesson for me. Mm. I relate to that a lot. I grew up performing and on the stage and, um, and yeah, it felt like it was also this uh, like obsession with the stage that I felt like I was only validated when I was on it, or it just felt like I was a heightened version of myself or amplified when I was on it. And then when I wasn't, I was so hungry for that feeling of connection yeah. and feeling of touching that place within myself. But I really had to yeah. step, it, it almost was like I had to step away from the stage long enough to heal that relationship with like, I'm already complete, I'm already whole, I'm already powerful, no matter where I am, that I don't need to be on a stage to do that. But it was a, it was a journey, like you said, to, um, to connect to myself without the stage, and then, you know, bring that back to the stage, but also just to have that, that relationship with myself, no matter where, and when. Yeah. And I mean, that's huge. And when you can take that mended relationship back to the stage, it's a completely different experience. Totally. And, um, you know, for me, I, I grew up with alopecia, which, um, is an autoimmune disease that causes you to lose your hair. So 
definitely did not fit in with the quote unquote pretty girls. And dancing was the first thing that made me feel beautiful. That made me um, like where I got this validation. And the first time I stepped on stage, it was like, you know, a recital, my first recital at 15 or 16. And that was my first taste of that kind of validation and feeling like maybe I could belong and maybe this is my ticket in. And so I think that was a feeling that I kept chasing, regardless of, of what my hair had had done because it's grown, it's come out, it's done all the things. Um, but what I've learned is not to depend on this external image for my confidence and that my confidence has to be rooted in a deeper place. And so that's what I've been working on and healing. And also, you know, talking about not being on stage, we haven't, I haven't been on stage in 15 months. And so that really forces you to take a look at, okay, what, what is that need for validation? Is it a need? Um, do, can I just be with myself, you know? And so that's this whole past 15 months has been very big and answering those questions. And mm -hmm. so I got to perform for the first time a few weeks ago on stage and the, the, the feeling in me was very different than I've ever experienced before on wow. stage. It was, it was a feeling of stillness and groundedness and presence and power. And the word that I kept coming back to was generosity. Mm. It's like, I wasn't stepping on that stage for validation I was, I wasn't stepping on that stage to prove something to anyone or to myself. I was stepping on that stage as an act of generosity and sharing with the audience and giving to them in a new, completely new way, because I'm different. They're different. Like this interaction is different now. And then mm -hmm. that was really, that was a big shift for me. Yeah, and that's really powerful. Um, yeah, I had a my first performance back recently too, and it was like a different kind of connection with the audience. It was like, mm -hmm. yeah, that same feeling of we all been through it, and now we're sharing this space in real time, which is so exciting. And and you know, but there was like a, I don't know. I mean, it's probably been there before, but yeah like all this time of not being on the stage it was a real feeling of like we are sharing this moment together <laughs> all of these eyes mm -hmm. that I'm getting to connect with and it was like whew, such a exchange I yeah know. I mean the energy was off the charts <laughs> whoa I mean you know I didn't really realize how much I missed applause until I walked out whoa that is that is really intense and yeah I mean I definitely cried for sure mm, beautiful <laughs> was it in New York you're based in New York right no I am actually in Vegas right now oh okay I did not know that yeah. Very cool. so I'm originally from Chicago and then I was in LA and then when the pandemic hit um, my husband and I fled to 
Vegas. Oh, wow. So, oh, cool. Well, yeah. we're closer that way. I'm in, I'm outside LA. But uh, oh, I'd love to, yeah. yeah, I would love to know what how, um, how this work, this inner work of empowerment shows up in the work that you teach in empowerment. I know you've had classes. Um, the, the I think one that you're teaching now, I don't know if it's actually a class or if it's a I know it's your podcast name. I, I look down there. Um, yeah. and pussy confidence as well, right? I know you were teaching a class about that. So I would love to know about, about how that shows up in your work in teaching. Yeah. So look down there is a passion project of mine. Uh, it's a podcast and I just finished season one at the end of June, which is, it was really great. I, I mean, I'm sure like you're doing this, like it's so fun to reach out and to meet people and to have these really brilliant, meaningful conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspiring. Right. And I don't know how you felt when you started, but when I started, I was like, Oh no, can I do this? <laughs> <You know? Yes. laughs> Am I smart enough for this? Um, and you know, like it, it's been really, it's been really great. And those moments when I've had that feeling, it's like, okay, calm down. It's fine. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, but the, the whole, the root of that is, is really to empower vulva owners to take a look at themselves and to remove that shame because our shame is not only hurting us on an emotional level, but it can be hurting us on a very physical and medical level where, you know, we, if we can look at ourselves and know what is normal for us and not worry about what is normal in general, because there isn't a normal, pass it on. There's not a normal. We are all different, but we need to know what, what's normal for us and, and if things are changing and, you know, when to go to the doctor or whatever. Like I, I had an experience like that last summer where I noticed something different and that's what got me thinking. And I was like, Oh no, like if I, if I was operating under the shame, I probably wouldn't be at the doctor. I'd probably be too embarrassed to go to the doctor or to have these conversations with the doctor. And so that just got me thinking about, wow, you know, we really, really need to have these conversations and talk about the things that we don't talk about. And, you know, it really sealed the deal when my doctor was calling it my bottom. Um, that was very, very upsetting. Um, and I, I corrected her every time. I was like, it's my labia, <laughs> <laughs> not my bottom. Like, are you um, doctor? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've come to realize that uh, anger and rage really fuels my creativity. So uh, I am not going to try to suppress that. Um, mm-hmm. I am I am a passionate, fiery person, and I use that to create always. And mm. um, that's been a lesson that I've learned about myself. Mm. Wow, that's so. Yeah, uh, it's it's that. Like we need those emotions in order to create from the honest place, right? If we're cutting them off, then what's the art? It's lifeless. Um, yeah, I mean, when I like when I was losing my hair at the height of my burlesque career, well, well, what I thought was my height, the height of my career, 
um, I did all of this work to get rid of my anger. Like I, I was like, Oh, this is happening because I'm too stressed out and I'm too angry. And Oh, like I need to do more yoga and I need to do more acupuncture and meditation. And like, I'm not knocking those things. I still do those things. But what was happening is that I was burying all of this anger and all of this fire and I became numb. And I realized that passion and anger are very closely linked. And when I was suppressing all that anger, I had no passion. I was just this like blank, just this void, uh, you know? And when I, it took me a, a little bit to realize that I was like, Oh crap. Like, <laughs> okay. Like I need my anger. I'm buddies with my anger. I like to use it in, in productive ways. I, I do think that there is unproductive anger um, that keeps you stuck in place, but yeah, I need that fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I wonder, um, I want to talk also about the idea of, of confidence and how does that relate to, to pussy for you and, um, and what kind of, what way do you teach about confidence? What's like, their core or something that you want to share with us about your approach to confidence? Yeah. Well, I think confidence comes from the bottom up. I think we need to like the roots of a tree, right? Like we need to root into something deeper and bigger than us on an energetic level, on a spiritual level, um, on this ancient level something that is within all of us that we need to connect with. And I find that the more work that I do in that space, the more confident I am. I mean, teaching this class has changed my life. Mm. It has changed my life. And, um, and I'm the teacher. So, you know, yeah. so um, I, I know that it's made a difference in, in my students' lives as well. And, and just, having these conversations and kind of picking through um, all these different layers and things that might be blocking us or obstacles for us and connecting with ourselves in that spiritual divine way. And so we talk about all those things. We, I, I, I talk about it as a spiritualities, like a, mm. a removing layers. Um, not that anger, like things like anger or fear, you know, there are no bad emotions. There are no, it's not good or bad, right? Like we need all of these things, but my whole foundation of confidence is presence. Mm. Period. Because yeah. it's not about power. Um, it's not like it's about empowering. It's not about power over others. Like that's not what we're looking for. We're looking to find the power within ourselves. But yeah. you can't find or have power unless you're present. And presence to me is the key to all of it. Mm. Yeah. So for me, the P in pussy stands for presence. Mm. U is unapologetic, S for self-love, S for speaking desire, and Y for yes energy, baby. Ooh, so juicy. 
I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. That's 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 where I'm at. And I I mean it's really changed so much in how I interact with myself, with my partner, with the world. Um yeah, it's just it's just a whole new level and it's very exciting here. Mm, so good. So yeah. good. And I you know, I think that when you're I think that's when it's really honest work when honest teaching is when you're also open to the process and in the process. And if it's changing, that's what I've noticed for myself. It's like, I've seen teachers that teach from this fixed place where it seems like I have the answers and now these are the answers and they don't seem to be doing that work though. Or like they don't seem to be in it enough to realize that it needs to evolve or they are, they don't let themselves evolve with it. And then I'm like, mm, I don't really, I don't know about this method, you know, but what I'm seeing is that if I'm teaching it, I have to be about it. And it's challenging me to look in my life like, okay, where am I hiding from this part? Or, you know, I'm in there as well as my students. And that's really fun. <laughs> and yeah, but it helps to develop that empathy, right? And to, to know and understand where your students are coming from or where they've been, um, where they might be now. And, and you can relate your experience to them. And I am very open with my students. I am, I speak a lot about my life in class because I think it's really important for them to understand that's like, this is how I've come to these ideas. This, these are the things in my life that have led me here and maybe you can relate, you know? And I, yeah. I think it's always been really important for me to talk about these things. Um, part of the thing about burlesque that is frustrating to me and has been frustrating to me is that the facade is so lacquered, right? It's like, don't look behind the curtain. This is full-time glamour, baby. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, mm. I'm not full-time glamour. Um, glamour looks different on everyone. Mm. Um, I, I like to say, you know, glamour are the tools that enhance your truth. So whatever your truth is, however that is enhanced for you, that's your glamour. That's mm. your charm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's important to kind of, Peek behind the curtain, talk about the real stuff. I love talking about the real stuff. The real stuff is where it's at. Yes. <laughs> That's what's really yes. helpful, you know? So it's going to move us forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the real stuff, I want to talk about censorship for a minute because I know you have been in a space of, you know, uh, struggle with that. I don't know if struggle is the right word, but um, I, you know, I can. I've seen that you've been banned on, were you banned completely on YouTube or suspended? Yeah. You were banned totally on YouTube. It's insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it wasn't worthy of ban, like whatever it was. I mean, first of all, like the whole rules around female sexuality and how vague those rules are across social media and what it even means for it to be like, where's the line between sensual and sexual. And the, I mean, it's all bullshit in the first place, but I'm sure that your video nowhere near touched that <laughs> line. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I, and I know Instagram has been a struggle. So how have you been 
navigating the cock blocking or pussy blocking of social media and where have you gone? What have you been doing um, Mm -hmm. instead, I guess? Yeah, well, I will tell you that it has been very discouraging, um, like a major source of anger, which you know I need my anger, but man, this was really hot and burning. And I, and I, I do believe that there is opportunity and obstacles. I really do. And I knew that there must be something that I can do. There must be something that I can figure out to get my message out there, but still work within this system that we have at our disposal. Um, So yeah, I've been racking my brain on it for quite a few years. Um, I think that I've landed on something. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm working on um, a new like online on-demand program. So um, it's a movement program. Um, so we'll see uh, how that works. But that's what I'm working on right now. And it's kind of my answer to the censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the censorship makes me rage. I mean, it, it makes me crazy. I really... There are worse things happening, right, in this world than uh, me jiggling my butt. I mean, come on. Like, in a way, it's kind of... A compliment like oh it, I'm that powerful right. <laughs> that you can't handle it oh wow you know <laughs> um but I you know the video that I posted on YouTube which I thought might be controversial um but I wasn't looking to be shocking for the sake of being shocking I was looking to make a point and I guess I made it or they made it, whatever. Um, but the video I'm, I made is called Pleasure is Power. And mm-hmm. it's a riff on Andy Warhol's blowjob video. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But it's it's just a guy's face, much like my face right now, who is receiving pleasure. It's just his face. It's black and white. There's no sound. Nothing happens. And then... Um, I was like, well, what if I did that? You know, what if I did that? So I did it. I made a black and white, no sound, just my face, nothing, because he's nothing. And um, receiving pleasure and enjoying it, obviously. And, uh, you know, they didn't like that. (laughs) So instead of a slap on the wrist, they just got rid of me completely. And so, you know, I'll have to just create a new account and get on there some other way. Mm. But yeah, it's frustrating so because I don't have control over my image on YouTube. Like, whatever's on YouTube is not anything that I've posted and not necessarily stuff that I want up there. So mm. um, it's frustrating because other people can post things, but I can't. Um, and I've had an instance on Instagram where someone posted a picture of me in a story. Like, it was my birthday. And they're like, happy birthday, Michelle. And it was me in a, in a final pose of an act, um, wearing pasties. It was very far away. You could barely see me. And I re-storied it, reposted it, whatever. And I got in trouble, but he didn't. The guy mm. who posted it didn't get in trouble, but I got in trouble. <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is that, you know. So, you know, we can talk for hours and hours about the injustice of all of that and how people are 
really um, struggling because it's a, it's a source of your promotion. It's a source of your income. And when the world goes virtual, right, how do you cope with that? Right. So, it's, yeah, that's the challenge. Yeah, it's uh, really, really fucking frustrating. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I see, you know, I see you on lips um social yes yeah and uh which is a social media platform that's um has is more open right is more like open yeah, to the it's actually it's and, really refreshing it's really refreshing and i need to be on there more mm. um but when i started doing that and scrolling through it's like wow like this is really amazing you know to have this expression where people aren't self-censoring um it's the self-censoring that really hurts me mm. um like my soul <laughs> it's yeah. like oh you know i don't know what to post today it's just a picture of my eyeball hope that's fine right um <laughs> yeah so it's like how much can i crop this or zoom in so no one knows that i have a body <laughs> No, no one can know. No, not one of them. Oh my gosh. So how do we support you? What do you have going on? Um, how can we be a part of that? Well, definitely follow me here on Instagram. You know, we talk about all this social media and how much we hate it. And then we're like, and then follow us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it does help. Um, so I'll be announcing new things coming up in the fall so i'll be announcing them here and uh listen to the podcast it's look down there you can find it on spotify or wherever you find the um, podcast and i did post it on youtube under a different account so you can watch it or listen to it Ooh, how exciting yeah i would love yeah. i'm so um i feel so nervous by this conversation and so inspired to get to to chat with you and and learn from you about your approach and I know everyone listening has been inspired as well so thank you for being here and taking the time to share about your creative process and all that good stuff and thank you so much yeah and thank you for all the work that you're doing and for making this happen so what did this conversation bring up for you Feel free to DM me on Instagram at sensual underscore radiance to share your thoughts and stay connected because I continue to share pussy empowered content there every damn day. I'd also love if you take a moment to help spread the legs. Okay, I mean the message of pussy power by writing a review or sharing this episode with a friend. And you can get on my email list with the link in the description where I send weekly updates about all the virtual and in-person classes, performances, and other offerings coming up. I also send playlists, new self-produced choreography videos, and other fun things. PussyEmpowered.com is my website, so check that out. And here's a reminder that the next round of Pussy Empowered Performance Classes begins on September 8th in Los Angeles. And after 10 weeks, culminates in a performance at the next Pussy Empowered Party on November 12th, also in Los Angeles. And I'm planning a Pussy Empowered Puerto Rico retreat for spring 2023, so stay tuned.